0: Hello and welcome to Liberate Your Soul, a podcast designed to quiet the inner imposter, awaken you to truths known within all of us so that you can discover your purpose, heal heart wounds, and find where you fit in to feel whole and allow you to make positive, lasting impact on the world. I'm your host, Kelly Pierce, a certified business and personal coach. I help top performers find their authentic selves in order to come from a confident decision-making place. As a fellow seeker, I have found that liberating the soul enables anyone to transition from anxiety to acceptance. It is my hope to provide you with inspiration and tools to help you feel confident, joyful, and loved. To learn more or to connect with me, go to www.quantumhighways.com. Oh, my goodness! I just had to come on and record this while it's fresh in my mind. And I'm listening to the birds sing, and I was just feeling so inspired to record authenticity and pure energy for you. What does pure energy mean, and how does it resonate with you and your soul? Well, let me ask, have you ever been at a live performance and just been unable to contain your emotion? Have you ever had like other people's children perform and just had tears that you couldn't hold back? Or maybe it's the playing of the national anthem at a sporting event and you just feel it well up in your chest and it spills out over your eyes. (laughs) I know for me, I cry at live performances. I cry at not-so-live performances. (laughs) There's commercials I cry at. I am a very heart-centered person, and in the last episode, I shared with you that I control my emotions very easily and readily and willfully, and that didn't always happen so much. Um... When I was a much younger woman, I would wear my heart on my sleeve and be very transparent. Um, And even still, I I suppose I allow things to be seen. But for the sake of this discussion, the pure energy, the authenticity being raw and unfiltered versus covering things up and making things more palatable for the general public or for other people's comfort level. That's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about whether you are comfortable with letting people see yourself and like letting your hair down or maybe going out in public with no makeup on or, you know, for us ladies, like an unpadded bra. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm just getting silly now. But seriously, like, there is always that debate, right? Like, do I go with the slight padding and risk, you know, offending old ladies? Or do I go without the padding and risk offending old ladies if it gets cold? I don't know. Or am I an old lady? I don't know. Like whose whose line is it anyway? No, (laughs) whose opinion is it anyways? What it's all subjective. Like, where are you standing and how do you feel about the issue? How do you like topically um, resonate with that? Do you put on makeup to make other people feel comfortable when you have blemishes on your skin, or if you have inconsistencies in your um, in your skin uh, appearance? When I was in my, I'll say twenties. Yeah, I was in my twenties. Gosh. Doesn't it suck when the decades go by and you have to remember? It's like, ugh. Yeah, I'm like 20s, 30s. I don't know. Anyways, I digress. I was in my 20s, and I went on this birth control, and it gave me what they call melasma. And that's when we have the darker spots on our skin. And I was so hyper worried about it. I was like, oh my goodness, I have this dark spot on my cheeks, on my cheekbones, and it looks terrible. And nowadays, people like put bronzer on that part of their cheekbones and to make themselves look more attractive. It's like, how can we keep up with these beauty trends, ladies? (sighs) so raw unfiltered emotion versus ego I'm reminded of a time when I went on a beautiful riverboat cruise and it was a singing tour and it was so much fun that day I was not wearing makeup my melasma because I was so you know fixated on it. I went to an um, dermatologist and I got this hydroquinone cream and fixed it all up and it's still slightly there but who cares, right? I mean, I'm brand newly minted 40 now, so 40s the new 20. I look great, right? So anyways, we're in this riverboat cruise and the man had a guitar, he's a one-man show. He's running the the beautiful boat and he's singing songs. And one of the people that I was with um, later on confided to me that she was a little bit uncomfortable for him. And I said, why would you ever be uncomfortable? I thought it was beautiful. He was singing these wonderful traditional folk songs of his family, like his father had sung them to him when he was a young boy. And, you know, I was really like into it, you know, it was just so folksy and yes, it was a little bit corny, but he was just having the time of his life. He was living his dream. He was like another day in paradise running up and down the river, entertaining people, talking about the birds and like there were baby birds and the parents there that we saw on the nests. It was just fantastic. I realize, as I look back at the situation, that this person just really was feeling the uncomfortableness of this man expressing himself in a soulful manner. They were just having trouble with the raw the rawness of it, the energy of that um, authenticity that. Um, unfettered soul the liberation of just letting it all hang out there and you know because they would never um, just let their vocals flow whether or not it was perfect pitch or in harmony or whatever it would be see now this person I love them dearly and if they're listening they were with me and they know But they're wound up very, very tightly. They like to have control on things. They are an Enneagram type one. They would never want to be judged by anyone because they judge themselves and their own actions and their own motivations so strongly. And it makes me feel and think about how many of you out there are uncomfortable with people like me who just run around with our heart on our sleeves and laugh like a maniac when their kitten does something silly and like wouldn't hesitate to get down on the ground and roll around like a fool (laughs) in front of people (laughs) and it's true like I just don't really Care. Like, I just act like a fool sometimes. And yes, I've been judged by people for doing that. And like, sometimes I will be silly outside of my house and like howl at the moon or make noises like a seal out on Pier 39 in San Francisco because it's just so funny and they they you know like seals they are <laughs> yes I just made that noise on a podcast <laughs> so I do remember being very, very frightened to show my emotions and to be raw and unfettered and in front of people emoting when the movie Titanic came out to theaters I refused to see it I was like no I will not see it I was extremely young and I knew how it ended because I took history class and I don't know if they teach that to today's children but newsflash the Titanic was a ship that was the grandest ship of all. It was made with beautiful finishes. It was a luxury cruise liner. It was supposed to be the first ship to cross the Atlantic, and it sunk, and almost everyone died. There were over 2,000 souls on it, and... Well, gosh, I might get my numbers wrong because I didn't do any research. <laughs> and history class was a long time ago. But there were less than 40 people who survived, and one of them was the unsinkable Molly Brown, which I've been by her house in Leadville, Colorado. Side note. Anyhow, I knew how the movie ended, which was everyone was going to die, and I just had zero desire to see this movie because I knew I would be crying pretty much the whole time. When there's a spoiler alert like that, I'm pretty sure it's going to be like tearjerker level 5000. So my best friend told me like, you have to see it. It's so good. I've seen it a few times. And I purposefully, yes, I'm admitting to this now as well. I purposefully did not go and see the movie. I did not go and see her long enough that I thought that the movie would be out of theaters. She said, don't worry, I found one. It's still playing. And good news, it's super cheap because the movie's been out so long. Dang it. So we went to see the movie because she was very insistent and very adamant and very stubborn, which I love about her were very similar in that regard so we went to see the movie and it was no match for my mascara or maybe my mascara was no match for it either way I like intentionally wore a hoodie and I just I knew it I knew it from the opening credits dang it with that music from the movie playing it just I started crying and I cried the whole movie even the funny parts, even the touching parts, even all of that. It was just like I was crying and I was like, you had better find an emergency exit. I am not walking through the lobby with all of those people looking like this <laughs> like, because I knew that I was like the most you know, emotional wreck of them all because most of them probably knew what they were in for and could emotionally, you know, bulk up against it. But there I was like a teenager and all of my hormonal glory, just nuts. When we age, and typically, you know, when you're my age, you you feel like you've got a pretty good handle on reality and you're like, okay everything's cool. I know what's going on. Reality is X. I know myself. Kids are this. Cats are that. Whatever. But it doesn't go in a straight line. Emotional intelligence, getting a handle on yourself, your perceptions of what you think is all going on. It is not a straight trajectory upward or forward or onward. There's something that was taught to me, and many of you who are psychology majors will probably know this, but when you reach the higher level um, of your 20s, you will not necessarily be done with your autonomous growth period. So teenagers typically will have this Um, separation phase when they're forming their own identity and they want to step away from their parents and be done with all the nonsense, right? Like I am who I am. Let me live my life. I know everything. And when you're in your twenties, you're forging your identity. You're building your life. Maybe you're building a career. Hopefully right now with COVID, I know stuff is really crappy and even economists say that if you're stepping out into the world during a recession you have a lifetime's earnings of 10% less than anyone who's stepping out into a non-recession but I pray that you will use your minds and be able to overcome that. Certainly there's Uh, In today's new world, there's a lot of opportunities, there's a lot of new um, ways to be, right? We can be our own bosses, we can write about our experiences, we can um, have multiple streams of income, we can um, capitalize on the things in the world that are plaguing people and be the solution, which I highly suggest to anyone who is a part of this new economy. But in Eric Erickson's um, theory of psychosocial development, there's the identity versus role confusion um, that in the adolescent mind, and it's even more confusing in today's world, right, where children are not necessarily assigned gender identities um, at a young age. They're just allowed to, or even encouraged, rather, to let go of pigeonhole boxes, which is fine, and I'm not advocating for or against that, but they Um, form their identity based upon the outcome of their explorations. But if they don't establish a sense of identity within the society, they don't know what they want to be when they grow up, it can lead to role confusion. So it's not necessarily any one specific like gender identity or socioeconomic status. It's just they don't know who they are or where they belong in society. Now, this can be further exacerbated by... Like life trauma and situations and events, things that we might repeat in our lives that are coming up over and again after, um, like from our subconscious mind, um, if you have been a victim of abuse or even just putting together traumatic events things that seem scary or frightening or unsettling in your childhood it can start to bubble up in your early adolescent to mid20s so you might think you have everything going on and then you go to become intimate with people making um, forging connections and really you know getting you know past your college years and having whether you're settling down to get married or or even just getting your social circle, um, your longer term relationships set up and be- becoming happy and stuff starts to either materialize or not material- dematerialize. So you might have intimacy conflicts, you might have commitment issues, and you might be in a relationship with other people who have those uh, fearful moments toward those things you might have depression that happens you might go back down right we talk about that trajectory moving up but you might have some setbacks and um if you have success there great it's wonderful you keep moving onward and upward into your 30s you start having those babies you start getting you know your career smooths out or maybe your career is your baby and it's moving upward and then you feel secure enough to have the babies and it moves into the virtue of love Um, again moving on with eric erickson's theory um there's the being generation generational or stagnational between ages 40 to 65 and this is where the if you're looking at like um, do you remember the prices right where they had that mountain climber guy um, and the price would either climb or lower and he was like a yodeler I always think of like graph charts with that. Um, So I'm picturing this climber going up and then coming back down a little bit and finding his way up and down the mountain. So making your mark on the world through creating or nurturing things that will outlast your lifetime. So during middle age, as an individual, you will pretty much want to create or nurture things that will outlast you. For women, it's often our biological clocks that start ticking um, through your mid-30s into uh, mid-40s. You might have mentors or mentees at your work that will either nurture you or you will feel the need to nurture them that will create positive changes in the world. Or you might want to give back to society um, through uh, making a podcast or writing a book, really telling your story. And being a part of the bigger picture, you start to understand your mortality. Whether or not you actually succeed at that can it can lead to feelings of joy, can lead to care, it can lead to success, in how you feel about yourself and society as a whole, or it can lead you down the rabbit hole of despair and further into that depression. You can want to retreat into yourself, want to retreat into your own little corner and not feel like you have done anything. And then really, uh, according to Erickson's theory of psychosocial development it begins at age 65 and ends at our death and that's ego integrity versus despair and people who reflect on their life and have a lot of regret and not achieving their goals they will experience feelings of bitterness and despair and integrity is the acceptance of one's only Life cycle as something that had to be, and later as a sense of coherence and wholeness. For me, myself, what I've experienced at my hopefully young age of 40 is I have such huge appreciation for my mother and what she provided to me as really our family's motto, and that's everything happens for a reason. Each and everything happens for a reason we might not know it now but eventually things are going to make sense and as we age appreciating the simplicity of things like the simplest of things are the things that are going to make those moments happy whether or not you have horrible things going on in your life or great things going on in your life as you move up that ladder of productivity or success or achievement, whether or not you're contributing to a whole or you're contributing just to one person's life and success and happiness, whether that's your partner, your child, your pet, or yourself, it doesn't matter. But appreciating the happiness of your days with as much energy as you can put into the love that you can give whether it's again how how big your sphere is irrelevant it's the fullness and um, muchness of the love that you give now the people who have a hard time with accepting that pure energy source that authentic and raw and unfiltered laughter that can um really can't tilt their heads back and laugh <laughs> with a belly laugh. I I feel bad for them because I feel like one day they're going to get to this level of their life, this feeling of needing to contribute, but they're they haven't contributed enough to themselves to understand what happiness actually like They might feel disconnected or uninvolved with themselves so that they haven't even been able to give at a higher level. Having nurtured myself and reparented myself to a certain extent, if you're familiar with that term, and having done a lot of the work that is required in order to Uh, truly forgive and understand where the people in my life were coming from when they were acting in ways that they best knew how and where I myself was acting in ways that I best knew how, whether it was age appropriate or um, situationally appropriate just really loving and accepting myself to wholeness and accepting my life cycle as what it was, that it's just the way that it worked out at that time is something that has allowed me at this age to accept each moment as it comes and appreciate and love the life cycles of energy and the pure form of 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 joy and bliss for what it is and expect nothing more. And when I see people who are not happy with what they have, whether what they have is absolutely everything that one could ever want in terms of cars and clothes and makeup and, you know, beautiful homes and children and spouses who love them and you know sunny days and rainy days and snowy days and rainbows and everything everything under the sun and they're still not happy they're just like well I can't wait to go on vacation because I just can't I can't anymore they don't recognize that (laughs) they could have everything on vacation Possibly go right or wrong, and they're still not going to be happy because they're not happy where they are. And the people who are happy with nothing, who are sitting under a bridge eating sardines on the cheapest crackers money could buy. And it rains on them and it shines on them. And they're just like, you know, I don't have a mortgage to pay. I don't have bills due. And it's just a beautiful day. And all I need to be worried about in this moment is this conversation with you. And what a wonderful conversation it is. And they would be so happy with anything that they receive. And those people are, are, understanding and receiving and accepting and providing that pure source energy, it is all the same thing, but it is such a different perception. It's all in the mind. I'm not suggesting that you do any one thing to change, but simply introducing some concepts about how your feelings might be an indicator of whether or not you're truly allowing yourself to be in the most authentic, in the most precise experience that is exactly right for you that you could be possibly having. Accomplishing and appreciating everything that you possibly can in a day, whether that's taking a nap and Meditating and making the phone calls you need to make or writing 1,400 pages, which is a huge hyperbole. I've told myself a thousand times to stop exaggerating. Maybe you've gotten done 17 checklist items off your to-do list. They're all the same. Just appreciating, simply appreciating and just... Being in the moments and being with yourself and not um, taking 10 steps ahead in the mountain climber life or standing four days behind yourself in regret at what you did not do. Neither one of those will serve you very well, but being in the moment and having the energy and the um unfetteredness the happiness and um, appreciation for what is going on right now will serve you and eventually you'll begin thinking clearly and uh, letting go of the giant overwhelm of what it might be that you think you need to accomplish in this lifetime and you'll eventually accept that this lifetime is always perfect. I hope that makes good sense to you today. Um, And I hope you got a kick out of my little steel noise. If you go back and you listen to it over and over again, (laughs) pretend you're on pier 39. Enjoy that. (laughs) You're welcome. Have the best day. And as always, if you need any assistance living in the now, uh, it would be my pleasure to help you with that through um, whether it's we do some thought work on coaching models or uh, beautiful guided meditation. I love to help with all of those modalities and uh, even more. So send me an email off at info at quantumhighways.com or feel free to uh, shoot me a note through the show notes. We'll talk to you soon. Until next time.